President Shirley M. Tillman, the 19th President of Princeton, will preside at these, the 258th commencement exercises of the university. President Tillman. Thank you. The invocation will be pronounced by Dean Bridenthal. Please join me in the spirit of prayer. Holy and generous God, source of all wisdom and giver of all gifts, we give you thanks for this graduating class and ask that you would take their excellence and consecrate it for your ends. Bend their knowledge to the pursuit of peace. Stretch their curiosity into compassion. Turn their love for one another inside out until it radiates in humble service to the world. And as you fashion and shape them for your good purpose, fill them with your strength, your spirit, and your fire. We ask it in your name. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> It is my pleasure this morning, on behalf of Princeton University, to welcome all of you to campus. I would like to extend warm greetings to families and friends who have gathered here to celebrate with the graduating seniors of the class of 2005 and with the recipients of advanced degrees from Princeton's graduate school. May I ask at this time, that the parents, grandparents, other family members and friends of today's graduating students rise and remain standing. And now I'd like to invite the graduates to join me in thanking your family and friends for the many contributions they have made to the achievements we honor today. Thank you. Please be seated. I would also like to thank all those who have contributed to the success of the last six days in which we have celebrated with our alumni and students at Princeton. From Margaret Miller, the staff of the Alumni Council, and the reunion chairs who worked so long and so effectively to bring over 20,000 visitors to campus for the weekend to Dean Bridenthal, who oversaw the baccalaureate service, 
to Dean Tom Dunn and the members of the class of 2005 who organized Class Day and last night's prom, to the incomparable Ann Halliday, who manages it all with grace and such good humor. I would especially like to thank the buildings and facilities staff, media services personnel, and the staff in dining services and public safety who have been here at the break of dawn and late into the night throughout the entire Memorial Day weekend to effect multiple transformations of the campus. They make events like today possible. Please join me in thanking them. The Latin salutatory will be delivered by Graham E. Phillips, a senior from Brookfield, Massachusetts. Hodie vos latine aloquor non propter dementiam, compos mentus sum, Sed propter traditionem quae originem trahit ab Victoria Romana Princetoniae adepta. <laughs> Pauci Romanus Princetoniam quandem capisse sciunt, sed ego, discipulis historiae, vobis hoc verum esse confirmo. Hoc comprobate analibus taciti, alicubi prope finemst. Sed Romani multo ante discesserunt, et nunc haec salutatio latina sola manet, et hogi haven, quad obsonia pretio modico, jam pine duo milio, milia anorem private. <laughs> Primum te saluto, prices Tillman, dux impavida nostra. Etiam vos saluto, curatores, custodes prudentes universitatis. Nos discipuli vobis, magistri, multa et magna debemus. Vere estis fundamentum quius aedifici scholastici heterosi, Tenebras ignorantiae abicitis, et fructus scientiae mentes juveniles alitis, et, quad gravissimumst, nobis literas commendaticias scribitis. <laughs> Nemo nostrum nisi auxilio parentum hic hodie adeset. Nos vobis gratias ob subsidium vestrum agimus. Etiam gratis sumus quod de oblectementis nostris in via prospectis habitis non nimis attente inquiritis, quod princetoniae acidit, princetoniae manet. <laughs> Denique vos saluto, conduscipuli mei magnae classis MMV.
quator annos valde laborabamos, ludibamusque, et multos in amicitiam diuturnum recipie bamus. Nunc inquisitiones et magnum opus confecimus, restat solum egredi per portam Fitzrandolfi ad successum futurum. Sed anis venturis, universitatis princetoniensis, almae matris noli obliwisci. Etiam matris verae noli obliwisci, nisi acitus aburgitorios amas. Amici, awete atque valete. I would like to introduce University Provost Christopher Eisgruber, the Lawrence S. Rockefeller Professor of Public Affairs and the University Center for Human Values, who will introduce this year's winners of the Secondary School Teaching Awards. Each year at commencement, Princeton honors four outstanding teachers selected from the secondary schools of New Jersey. In so doing, we gratefully acknowledge the exceptional contributions of our colleagues who teach in the high schools and middle schools. I would like at this time to recognize each teacher individually. I ask that you please hold your applause until all of the award winners have been recognized. Shirley Allen. Whether teaching in the classroom or mentoring new teachers at Charles W. Lewis Middle School, Shirley Allen propels her students to new heights. Her efforts to improve students' literacy tap into the reservoir of multiple intelligences. She teaches them not only how to read, but to read between the lines of the sometimes tumultuous experiences of adolescence to understand who they are and how incredibly far they might go. Mark Gutkowski, Latin lives at Morristown High School, its future tense preserved in a memorable fight song, its culture revived in the annual chariot race. Mark Gutkowski confers honorary Roman citizenship on each of his discipoli, giving them the keys to this rich heritage as well as new Latin nicknames. In turn, they place him in their pantheon of favorites and call him teacher summa cum laude. Mary Hassenplug. Mary Hassenplug bucks the tide of institutionalized education to promote free thinking and passionate self-direction in her students at High Point Regional High School. To her students who shamelessly gush over her abilities, she is glorious magnificent, and the perfect English teacher. To her colleagues, she is a mentor and model who never lost the idealism of the wide-eyed rookie while gaining the perfection of the seasoned pro. Mary Trotta. For almost three decades, Mary Trotta has taught English at Woodbury Public Schools to a diverse population, some of whom struggle with literacy. A leader of her colleagues and a teacher of teachers, she has gained her students' respect as a trusted guide 
on the academic journey. Her lessons from Shakespeare to Poe received the highest form of praise from her young audience, their silent attention, and their unequivocal affirmation of understanding and appreciation expressed in their words through the simple exclamation, dig it. Please join me in recognizing these teachers' extraordinary contributions to our society's future. Let me now introduce the Dean of the College and Professor in the Department of History, Nancy Malkiel, who will present the candidates for undergraduate degrees. At this time, we recognize each undergraduate who has qualified for Princeton University's bachelor's degree. Let me remind you at the outset that your diplomas and program certificates can be picked up on Cannon Green behind Nassau Hall at the conclusion of these exercises. We begin with the candidates for the degree of Bachelor of Arts. Before presenting you to President Tillman and to the trustees for the awarding of your degrees, I will introduce you informally department by department. Please stand in place as your department is named. I ask your families, classmates, and friends to withhold their applause until all undergraduates in each group have been introduced. First, I should like to invite the members of the following departments to stand. Art and Archaeology, the School of Architecture, English, and Music. Please be seated. And now the members of these departments, Classics, Comparative Literature, French and Italian, German, Slavic languages and literatures, Spanish and Portuguese languages and cultures, East Asian studies, Near Eastern studies, and the independent concentration program. Please be seated. We turn next to the departments of history, philosophy, and religion. Please be seated. Will undergraduate members of these departments please rise? Politics, 
and the Woodrow Wilson School of Public and International Affairs. Please be seated. Now those in anthropology, economics, and sociology. seniors in these departments please stand. Ecology and evolutionary biology and molecular biology. Please be seated. Finally, I wish to introduce the seniors receiving Bachelor of Arts degrees in Astrophysical Sciences, Chemistry, Computer Science, Geosciences, <laughs> Mathematics, Physics, and Psychology. Please be seated. At this time, all candidates for the degree of Bachelor of Arts are invited to stand together. <laughs> President Tillman, I have the honor to present to you and your fellow trustees the candidates standing before you and the other candidates duly certified to you who have completed the scholastic requirements for the degree of Bachelor of Arts. Octoritate mihi a curatoribus universitatis princetoniensis commissa. Vos ad gradum primum in ortibus et cum honoribus ut indicatum est admito. time, we recognize each undergraduate who has qualified for the degree of Bachelor of Science in Engineering. Once again, I will invite you to stand in place as your department is named, and I will ask your families, classmates, and friends to hold their applause until your degrees have been conferred. I invite Bachelor of Science in Engineering candidates in the following departments to rise. Chemical Engineering, 
civil and environmental engineering, computer science, electrical engineering, mechanical and aerospace engineering, and operations research and financial engineering. President Tillman, I have the honor to present to you and your fellow trustees the candidates standing before you and the other candidates duly certified to you who have completed the scholastic requirements for the degree of Bachelor of Science in Engineering. Octoritate mihi a curatoribus universitatis princetoniensis comisa. Vos ad gradum primen in scientius ingenierius et cum honoribus et indicatum est admito. Finally, invite the entire class of 2005, 1,122 strong, to rise as a body. Artists, writers, scholars, athletes, campus leaders, community volunteers, recipients of honors, certificates, and prizes, members of honor societies, winners of fellowships, you have put your imprint on this university, and you leave with our warmest congratulations. Please be seated. The faculty elects the valedictorian each year, taking into account special qualifications as well as scholastic ranking. This year's valedictorian is Varun K. Fadke, a senior from Williamsville, New York. It is in the nature of the valedictory address to be trite, pontifical, and uncompromisingly dull. So before I begin, let me warn you that I have some tough acts to follow. However, let me also assure you that my speech is in English and that I did not forget it on the bathtub. Anyway, 
A week and a half ago, I submitted the first draft of the speech to the office of the president. Within one day, I had a response. What was the chief complaint? Namely, that was not serious enough. This begs the question, what exactly does it mean to be serious? For example, speaking of seriousness, we just heard some thoroughly lucid and timely remarks from the salutatorian on the Second Punic War, and apparently Hoagie Haven as well. Similarly, Princeton is so serious that during our four years here, we witnessed and participated in a campus-wide intellectual debate about the lack of intellectualism on campus. <laughs> Finally, Princeton is so serious that the night before commencement, it holds a senior prom until 1 a.m. that serves unlimited quantities of free alcohol. <laughs> in all seriousness, though, it is important to be serious, sometimes. But that does not mean we should be uninteresting. It is just as important, if not more so, to be able to laugh at ourselves. For one, it allows us to better appreciate our own inadequacies. Take me, for example. Why am I delivering the valedictory address? Indeed, this was the first question that came to my mind when Dean Williams informed me of this news. Being a good neurobiologist, as some have referred to me, I approached this question scientifically. First, I made a rather curious observation. President Tillman is a molecular biologist. <laughs> so am I, and so were the last two valedictorians. Now, of course, as we all know, correlation does not imply causation. But as they say in our business, these findings merit further study. <laughs> my second insight was also quite reasonable. I'm confident that I speak on behalf of all my classmates when I say that if there is one skill I have learned from my time at Princeton, and especially from that time-honored institution that is the Princeton precept, it is the ability to appear like you know what you're doing without actually knowing what you're doing. And so apparently, because I have the honor of speaking before you today, this is something which I'm fantastically good at. <laughs> Being able to laugh at ourselves is also important because as much as the PDF standard belies this fact, we will all one day experience failure. Indeed, being a scientist in training means that I am extraordinarily well-versed in total and utter failure. Experiments are rarely, if ever, successful. And as hard as it is to believe, data is frighteningly hard to come by. Of the 12 weeks I worked on one particular biochemistry project, 11 were spent just getting things to work. I also especially enjoyed collecting all the data for my senior thesis in one week, four weeks before it was due. I've never slept that little in my entire life, excluding, of course, the past week. In any case, if one takes into account the near impossibility of successful experimental work, sometimes you just have to wonder if scientific publications were created simply to celebrate the few wondrous times that something actually works. In fact, some of their more qualified but equally unfortunate victims of bad luck have even suggested starting a journal that publishes exclusively negative results. Think about that for a second. A journal devoted to experiments that failed. Based on this proposal alone, I must say, to those of us going into scientific careers, the future looks exceptionally bright. <laughs> Ultimately, we will all make mistakes or meet failure at some point or another, whether in the laboratory or the office or the classroom 
or on stage or on the stage in front of 6,000 people. For instance, the collective typos from all our theses could in all likelihood be compiled into an entirely new thesis. How else are we to survive these and other far less serious mistakes if we don't stop to laugh at ourselves? By bringing a refreshed sense of humor to work every day, we not only have more fun, but we are more willing to try the hardest things again and again. Finally, perhaps the most important benefit of being able to laugh at oneself is the willingness to accept criticism and advice. Indeed, given the quality and spirit of this particular speech, this consequence is particularly apt. The simple truth is that we are all equally qualified to deliver this particular address, and I wish all of you could share with me this opportunity to speak one last time beneath the gaze of old Nassau. I know this partly because virtually every conversation I've had in the past month has started, you know what you should say in your speech? <laughs> but more importantly, I know this because there are things that you learn from your classmates and friends that you will not find in any classroom on this campus. This is the Princeton education you don't read about in the admissions view book and the education for which no degree will be conferred today. But it is no less important. For this reason, I've collected the best of what I've learned, some of it in just the last few weeks, and some of it under, let's say, less than valedictory circumstances, and decided to share it with all of you. So what choice words of wisdom do I have from and for the, cl the, cr the class of 2005? First, don't be nervous. Remember, it could always be worse. For example, in my case, all the Nobel laureates could be here. <laughs> Appreciate simple things, like birds. Before my thesis, I knew nothing about them. I still don't, but I would like to. <laughs> Life's too short to hold grudges or to be in a bad mood. Besides, there are few things as pleasant as seeing that those around you are happy. Always be willing to help your friends. One day you will need their help. As for your enemies, you have two choices. Try not to make any, or if that proves difficult, help them anyway, just not willingly. Finally, and perhaps most importantly, always be genuine. Even when you need to be serious, you need to be yourself. In closing, allow me to perform the duty actually required of the valedictorian. In fact, being the conscientious but non-Latin-speaking individual that I am, after Dean Williams broke the news to me, I went home and looked up what valedictorian actually meant. According to my sources, the valedictorian is the student chosen to bid farewell on behalf of the graduating class. Leaving aside self-deprecation for the time being, I know for a fact that this is something I cannot do. As President Tillman said yesterday, today we may be graduating, but we will never truly leave Princeton. Therefore, I cannot honestly say farewell. The best I can do is to say, classmates, teachers, and friends, until we meet again. Congratulations, class of 2005. It's been a pleasure. At this time, I would like to introduce Dean of the Graduate School and the Arthur W. Marks Class of 19, 
Professor of Chemical Engineering, William B. Russell, who will present the candidates for advanced degrees. At this time, we recognize each individual who has qualified for an advanced degree from Princeton University. Let me remind you at the outset that if your diploma was conferred by the trustees in their current meeting, it may be picked up behind Nassau Hall on the west side of Cannon Green at the conclusion of these exercises. As many of the candidates for master's degrees as are present, please rise in their places. President Tillman, I have the honor to present to you and your fellow trustees the candidates standing before you and the other candidates duly certified who have completed the scholastic requirements for the degrees of Master of Arts, Master of Fine Arts, Master of Arts in Near Eastern Studies, Master of Science, Master in Finance, Master of Architecture, Master in Public Affairs, <laughs> Master in Public Affairs and Urban and Region Planning. Master in Public Policy. Master of Science and Engineering. Master of Engineering. Octoritate mihi curatoribus universitatis princetoniensis comisa. Vos et gradum secundum admito. Please be seated. Will the candidates for the doctor's degree please stand? President Tillman, I have the honor to present to you and your fellow trustees the candidates standing before you and the other candidates duly certified to you who have completed the scholastic requirements for the degree of Doctor of Philosophy. Octoritate mihi a curatoribus universitatis princetoniensis comisa, vos ad gradum doctoris in philosophia admito. The Doctor of Philosophy is the highest academic degree awarded, marking an original and independent contribution to the world of scholarship. I am especially pleased to congratulate today's recipients of the PhD degree. It is a very special pleasure for me to confer the President's Awards for Distinguished Teaching. I want to thank Emeritus Trustees Lloyd E. Coatson of the Class of 1950 and John J. F. Sherrod of the Class of 1952 for their endowment of these awards, which enable us to honor today four members of the faculty for a sustained record of excellence in teaching at both the undergraduate and graduate levels. Dean of the Faculty, 
and Philip Y. Goldman, 86, professor in computer science, David P. Dobkin, will introduce each award winner. I would like to introduce each of the award winners individually. Please hold your applause until all have been introduced. Joao G. Beal, Assistant Professor of Anthropology, Harold Willis Dodds, Presidential University Preceptor. His virtuoso teaching, like his research, gains strengths from its many and varied strands of engagement. For all of his focus on transnational institutions, he never loses sight of the individual, the ones he studies or the ones he teaches. His students often say the impact of his course on their lives is nothing short of transformational. For them, he is a total professor whose ethical principles guide his ethnography and his life. President Tillman, I have the honor to present Professor Joao Biel. Robert J. Kava, Professor of Chemistry and of the Princeton Institute for the Science and Technology of Materials, Chair of the Department of Chemistry. A winner of distinguished awards for work in superconductivity, this chemist has the ability to superconduct his students' understanding of the mysteries of his field. His formula is deceptively simple. Take one part book knowledge, add two parts real life application, heat up with laughter, and voila. <laughs> Whether teaching or conducting research, at times changing his lab coat for the helmet of Darth Vader, he has a knack for lifting the spirits and the chemistry IQ of his students with the seeming ease of magnetic levitation. President Tillman, I have the honor to present Professor Kava. Beatrice Kalamina, Professor of Architecture, Director of the Center for Modernism, Media, and Architecture. Her colleagues in theory and design praise her ability to toggle between academic rigor and creative specialization. Like her students, they call her a generative critic, surgical and lucid in identifying weaknesses, but constructive in her instruction. With a talent for successful design that equals that of the distinguished architects she illuminates in her scholarship, she reshaped the doctoral program in the School of Architecture. The result, to borrow a phrase from her writings, is a new organizational matrix or to borrow a phrase from her students, a veritable hothouse for cutting-edge cross-cultural scholarship and imagination. President Tillman, I have the honor to present Professor Beatrice Colomina. <clears throat> Michael G. Wood, Charles Barnwell Strout, class of 1923, professor of English. His students describe him as an eagle reader, combining aerial views of historical and international perspective with high-speed swoops that allow him to seize upon a turn of phrase, 
a particular metaphor, or the subtlest shift in diction. As a teacher and mentor, he sets the gold standard. His students give him a grade of A++, even on a scale adjusted for grade inflation. <laughs> like the narrator of the Arabian Lights, Nights, he aims to delight as well as to teach. He does both with an, with an inspiration that, like his laughter, is infectious. President Tillman, I have the honor to present Professor Michael Wood. Please join me in recognizing the contributions of these faculty members to the vitality of Princeton's teaching mission. Members of the faculty and staff who retire from Princeton this year are recognized in the commencement program. The university is grateful to each of them for their contributions to the Princeton community and their commitment to the fulfillment of the university's mission. Please join me in applause to express our appreciation. The University Orator Robert H. Rawson, Class of 1966, will now present the candidates for honorary degrees. President Tillman, I have the honor to present to you for the degree of Doctor of Laws, Honoris Causa, John Bogle. In 1951, as an idealistic economics major, he proposed in his senior thesis the then-revolutionary concept of an efficient and economical mutual fund run primarily for the benefit of the investor. Known as a pioneer of index fund investing, he is an unrelenting crusader against high fees and hidden costs and an outspoken advocate for intelligent investing. Honesty is an integral element of his management strategy, reflecting his precept that character counts in investing as in other walks of life. We honor him today for over half a century of making sure that the individual investor's interest remains always in the vanguard. President Tillman, Mr. Bogle. Octoritati mihi a curatoribus universitatis princetoniensis commissa, te ad gradum doctoris in legibus honoris causa admito. President Tillman. I have the honor to present to you for the degree of Doctor of Laws, Honoris Causa, and Harnon Corps. <laughs> Under her leadership for nearly a quarter century, the Philadelphia Museum of Art has grown in scope, accessibility, and influence. 
a model in illuminating the history and power of human creativity. A scholar of undisputed stature and a commanding presence among her peers, she is, in the broadest sense of the word, a curator of the arts. Fostering outreach and education, she sees museums not as places where art is confined, but as places where art engages, enlightens, and inspires, helping us to picture our past and begin to sculpt our future. President Tillman, Ms. Darnancourt. Octoritate mihi a curatoribus universitatis princetoniensis commissa, te ad gradum doctoris in legibus honoris causa admito. President Tillman, I have the honor to present to you for the degree of Doctor of Humanities, Honoris Causa, J. Lionel Gossman. This contemporary heir of those enlightened Scots who were our founders has combined commanding gravitas with lethe intellection, intellection and agile prose in his penetrating investigations of the fundamental monuments of modern European thought. Renowned scholar, venerated teacher, colleague non pariah, he has for many decades set up his shop at that busy historical crossroads where reason and rhetoric meet. Deeply traditional in his intellectual formation, avant-garde in his thought, a living neoclassic in a class of his own, he today receives the just applause of the community he has so long adorned. President Tillman, Professor Gosman. Octoritate mihi a curatoribus universitatis princetoniensis commissa, te ad gradum doctoris in rebus quomanis honoris causa admito. President Tillman, I have the honor to present to you for the degree of Doctor of Music, Honoris Causa, Yo-Yo Ma. He began as a spellbinding cellist. He has grown into the world's foremost ambassador of music. Collaborating with musicians from Kalahari to Brazil and along the fabled Silk Road that binds Europe with Asia, he teaches us that the surest way to hear and understand people from different cultures is to share their music. The bridges he builds lead always to the same place, the place where music performs and celebrates humanity. President Tillman, Mr. Ma. Octoritate mihi a curatoribus universitatis princetoniensis commissa, te ad gradum doctoris in musica honoris causa admito.
President Tillman, I have the honor to present to you for the degree of Doctor of Science, Honoris Causa, Vera Rubin. A childhood fascination with the motion of stars led her to a half-century career that has illuminated our view of the universe. Through meticulous observations, she revealed the presence of vast quantities of a mysterious, unseen substance called dark matter. Her research leaves us with the unsettling, yet inspiring, conclusion that all the familiar materials of our Earth and Sun, hydrogen, oxygen, even gold and silver, are but minor players in a universe made mostly of matter we can barely fathom. Even when facing the skepticism of peers, her contagious enthusiasm and dedicated professionalism have made her a mentor and role model to many who follow the beacon of her example. President Tillman, Dr. Rubin. Autoritate mihi a curatoribus universitatis princetoniensis commissa. Te ad gradum doctoris in scientiis honoris causa admito. And finally, President Tillman, I have the honor to present to you for the degree of Doctor of Humane Letters, Honoris Causa, Wally Shoyinka. The worlds of the ancestors and the unborn join the world of the living to celebrate his heroic achievements as writer and citizen. On the page and on the stage, he has courageously wedded the many traditions of Nigeria and traditions beyond Africa's borders to create a new kind of literature, rooted in his homeland, but in dialogue with the universe of letters. The expansiveness of his imagination, the generosity of his spirit, the richness of his interior life, and the inventiveness of his language have won him loyal audiences. And while his love of democracy and devotion to truth have often endangered his freedom and his life. His voice continues unmuted, demanding that we all live up to our highest cultural, moral, and political ideals. President Tillman, Professor Shoyinka. Autoritate mihi a curatoribus universitatis princetoniensis commissa. Te ad gradum doctoris in literis womanioribus Honoris Causa Admito. Now I would ask all of our honorary degree recipients to stand once more and I would ask our graduates and guests to join me in applauding their outstanding accomplishments.
Before I begin my address, I would like to take a moment to express my own gratitude and that of the entire university community to Bob Rawson, the university orator, as he leaves the Board of Trustees, whose executive committee he has chaired for the last 14 years after 20 years of service. Bob has served three presidents with great distinction, and he has provided extraordinary leadership as he helped shape and realize dramatic improvements that have transformed this university. All of us are greatly in his debt. I ask you to join me in thanking him. It is a great pleasure for me to perpetuate Princeton's long-standing tradition of allowing the president to have the first word at opening exercises and the last word at commencement. To my fellow members of the great class of 2005, yeah, come on. You will always have a very special significance for me, for we began our freshman year together. It seems just yesterday that I greeted you for the first time in the chapel and told you that orange and black were about to become the dominant colors in your closets. The tiger would never be an endangered species in your minds, and the classmates around you would become your lifelong friends. All those predictions, I know, have come to pass. On that day, the majesty of East Pine and Chancellor Green were hidden by construction fences, and language classes were being held in trailers, affectionately known as Dillon Court. The Lewis Sigler Institute was a hole in the ground, and Dodd Hall was getting an internal facelift. Today, those projects are blessedly completed, and the buildings are in full use. But I can assure you that the quintessential Princeton experience of getting a daily wake-up call from a construction truck moving in reverse will greet the class of 2009 when it arrives in your place next fall. Two days after opening exercises, our world changed forever. When 19 terrorists attacked the World Trade Center in New York City, the Pentagon in Virginia, and flew a plane into a field in Pennsylvania. The true colors and spirit of the Princeton student body were plainly in evidence in the days following that tragic event. Rather than being paralyzed, you organized blood drives, collected blankets and food, planned events for the children of the families who had lost loved ones, and as is most fitting in a university, you sought ways to understand what had happened 
by engaging in discussions, in seminars, colloquia, classes. I was deeply proud of the way this campus community responded during those dark months in the fall of 2001. In a matter of minutes, you will pass through the Fitzrandolph gates for the first time as Princeton alumni. I hope you will leave with pride in your accomplishments, leavened with a sense of responsibility to use your hard-earned education to make this world a safer, more just, and more compassionate place for all of its people. For this world needs you to embrace our informal motto and to serve this nation and all nations. Whether you work to improve the quality of K through 12 education, develop treatments for intractable diseases like Alzheimer's, reduce the growing gap between the rich and the poor all over the world, address the deterioration in the quality of our global environment, provide inspiration, insight, and solace through the creation of art, increase economic prosperity through invention or through entrepreneurship, or find peaceful solutions to divisive political problems. There are many ways to serve, but all require that you define your life in terms that are larger than yourself. Today, we conferred Princeton's highest tribute, an honorary degree, on six individuals who have used their extraordinary talents to leave the world better than they found it. This is the reason we award honorary degrees, to publicly recognize men and women who embody the very qualities of mind and character that Princeton University seeks to develop in all its students. I would like to take a few minutes to reflect on those qualities that I hope you will continue to cultivate once you leave this truly privileged place. Vera Rubin's curiosity about the natural world was simply unquestionable. She followed her passion for studying the stars with passion determination and courage at a time when women were actively dissuaded from becoming scientists. She refused to conform to the 1950s stereotype that presumed women do not belong in astronomy and went on to make enduring contributions to our understanding of the universe. Discovery requires an engaged mind, a curious mind, an open mind, and certainly a persistent mind. Through our emphasis on independent work, we have sought to provide you with the training and the opportunity to follow your own passions and satisfy your own curiosities. And of course, finishing your senior thesis or your PhD dis dissertation called upon all the persistence and the determination you could muster. May each of you continue to nurture your own unquenchable curiosity and the habit of independent thinking. 
Through his sheer virtuosity as a musician, Yo-Yo Ma has brought joy to millions around the globe. What sets him apart from other musicians, however, is his cosmopolitanism, his appreciation that great music knows no geographical boundaries. Far from being restricted to the Western canon of classical music, he has introduced music lovers to the sounds of Brazil, Mongolia, the Kalahari Desert of Southern Africa, to name but a few of the musical traditions he has explored. Today, the globe is truly interconnected. Whether the connections are fiber optic cable, satellite communications, or jet planes. And to participate fully in the 21st century, each of you will have to follow Yo-Yo Ma's example and become genuinely cosmopolitan in your perspective. As a great American university with an international perspective, we take our responsibility to prepare you for this world seriously. We are working to broaden the horizons of all our students through expanded study abroad and summer language training programs, the creation of the Princeton Institute for International and Regional Studies, strategic relationships with universities all over the world, and postgraduate programs such as Princeton in Asia, Princeton in Africa, and Princeton in Latin America. I hope you will adopt the perspective of a world citizen and live your life accordingly. Anne Darnancourt has dedicated her life to collecting, conserving, and interpreting the visual arts. To wander the galleries of the Philadelphia Museum of Art is to travel through centuries and cultures, from the ceramics of the Ming Dynasty to the stained glass of medieval Europe to the abstract images of Marcel Duchamp. Darnancourt's work reminds us that the treasures of the past and the movements they have sh that have shaped them should always inform our thinking as we look to the future. A sense of humility and a deep respect for the achievements of those who have gone before us is an essential quality of an educated citizen. For as the great physicist and mathematician Isaac Newton said in 1675, if I have seen further than certain other men, it is by standing on the shoulders of giants. All who teach and study on the shoulders of those who have gone before us. For the mission of the university is not unlike a museum of art, to preserve the knowledge of the past and to transmit it to the next generation, while at the same time fostering the discovery of new knowledge and the creation of new art that will deepen our understanding of the human condition. I hope these twin imperatives will find full expression in your lives. Over this Memorial Day weekend, we have been celebrating a different kind of continuity, that of the Princeton alumni family. Beyond the pageantry, and this year the excitement of the P-Raid, and the quaint charm of the class garb, 
The entire reunion experience provides us with an annual opportunity to acknowledge and express our thanks to those who have paved the way for all of the graduates sitting on the front lawn today. Like so much else at Princeton, reunions make a tangible connection between past and future. In this case, between alumni born as many as 100 years ago and all of you who become alumni in a few minutes. I hope that you will carry on this grand tradition of loyalty to your alma mater with an abiding sense of responsibility to provide for the next generation. J. Lionel Gossman is a Renaissance man whose devotion to ideas as expressed in the history and the literature of 17th, 18th, and 19th century Europe is legendary. At the same time, Professor Gossman has educated and inspired generations of students using his lively Scottish sense of humor to set students at ease and never allowing his scholarly attainments to intimidate or overwhelm young minds. He is the quintessential Princeton faculty member, one who is able to combine imposing erudition with a devotion to passing on that wisdom to the next generation. Those of you who intend to pursue the life of the mind and create new knowledge will be following in the footsteps of Lionel Gossman and all others who hold that knowledge is among the most important gifts that one can give to another human being. Nobel laureate Wally Soinka is a celebrated writer whose plays, poems, and essays have captivated readers throughout the world. He is also an outspoken voice against tyranny who has struggled to survive in a four-by-eight-foot prison cell, sustaining himself by scribbling words on cigarette packs, toilet paper, and between the lines of smuggled books. His commitment to human freedom and his belief in the fundamental dignity of every man and woman has never wavered. During your time at Princeton, many of you have been moved to speak out on issues of social and political importance, from the moral significance of a preemptive war to the pros and cons of senatorial filibusters to the needs of low-wage workers on our campus. You have encountered and debated historical injustices from racial segregation to the horrors of the Holocaust. As you prepare to leave Princeton, I trust that the social and political consciousness you have cultivated here give you the conviction and the courage to take a stand against tyranny and injustice wherever it arises. On June the 12th, 1951, Jack Bogle sat where you find yourselves today in some respects, his was a different university. Women were nowhere in evidence, and one of the first African Americans to earn an undergraduate degree from Princeton, 
Joseph Ralph Moss was a member of Bogle's class. Yet then, as now, Princeton planted seeds that led its graduates to commit their lives to the service and well-being of others. Jack Bogle drew upon the findings of his senior thesis to change the face of the investment industry through the introduction of low-cost mutual funds and to champion the interests of individual investors. He also drew upon the values that were nourished here. For example, since 1893, Princeton's honor code has symbolized the importance we place on integrity, requiring each member of our community to assume personal responsibility for his or her academic work. Words and ideas, after all, are the coin of the academic realm, and it is essential that we uphold the value of our currency. But as former Senator Bill Bradley of the class of 1965 said on an assembly in Cannon Green in 2003, you'll need your moral compass long after you've signed your last honor pledge at Princeton. It takes a lifetime to build a reputation, but only one false step to call it into doubt. I am also reminded that at that same assembly, Professor John Fleming exhorted you as follows. Integrity is an excellent thing. You should all have it. If perchance you lack it, you should get it as soon as possible. Good advice, John. I hope that in the years to come, the principles and standards to which you have been held here will guide all your actions. You are certain to be tested in little and not so little ways. But as Jack Bogle demonstrates, it is possible to pass these tests with flying colors and still achieve worldly success. And so, as you walk, skip, or run, whatever your preference may be, through the Fitz-Randolph Gates today, as educated citizens of this and many nations, I hope you will carry forward the spirit of Princeton and all that this place has aspired to teach you. A determination to follow your passions in service to the common good, a respect for both tradition and progress, an openness to new ideas and a willingness to share them with others, the courage to stand up for your beliefs and the rights of others, a global sensibility, a lifelong devotion to justice and freedom, all informed by the highest standards of integrity and mutual respect. And I fully expect that you will continue to do as you have done at Princeton, to aim high and be bold. My warmest wishes go forward with you all. At the conclusion of the benediction, and after the singing of Old Nassau, 
Guests are requested to remain in their places until the platform party and the degree candidates have left front campus and returned to Cannon Green. The benediction will be pronounced by Dean Rauschenbusch. Beloved graduates of Princeton University, receive now the benediction. May compassion quicken your hearts. May righteousness temper your actions. May wisdom unleash your minds. May vocation guide your choices. And wherever life may take you, may you flourish in God's presence. Amen. Please stand for the singing of Old Nassau. <laughs> to to 